Hey there, friend. Listen, I want to invite you to join me for an upcoming presentation I'm offering called How to Shift from Willpower to Want Power. If you're tired of feeling like you have the best of intentions with food and weight, only to have it all fall by the wayside by the time your head hits the pillow at night, then this is for you. If you're interested in making permanent weight loss easier and less of a struggle, then this is for you. If you're curious what want power is, which you probably should be, and can't wait to learn how to incorporate it into your journey toward peace and freedom around food, then this is for you. I'll be presenting live twice on Wednesday, May 1st, 2024, at both noon and 7.30 p.m. Central Time Zone. I'll answer your questions live and we'll have a really good time together. But if you can't make either of those days, I'm not going to make you get a replay emailed into your inbox only for it to get lost and never be watched no matter how deeply you want to make time to go through it. Because I mean, honestly, who are we kidding? (laughs) We've all done this, including me. No, instead, we are offering multiple watch parties for several days after the live presentation. So come watch the replay with other doctors and interact in the chat with them and my team. So either way, whether you come live or to a watch party, it will be worth your time for sure. All you have to do is register at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash want power. That's katrinaubellmd.com forward slash W-A-N-T-P-O-W-E-R. See you there. You are listening to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast with Katrina Ubell, MD, episode number 134. Welcome to Weight Loss for Busy Physicians, the podcast where busy doctors like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the weight so you can feel better and have the life you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating and exhaustion and move into freedom around food, you're in the right place. Hey there, my friend. Welcome back to the podcast. How are you today? I'm doing awesome. I had planned to record this podcast a couple of days from now, and then I was ready early. Love that. <laughs> Just getting it done and hoping the dogs are quiet. <laughs> and if they're not, that's what editing is for. We will do it. Telling you what, summertime, summertime, so gorgeous, right? I have been thoroughly enjoying this beautiful weather, and I hope you have too. It's actually even been super hot here in Wisconsin, which I am not mad about because you know what? When it's so cold, sometimes it's nice for it to actually be a nice hot summer too. So we have been enjoying it. My kids are learning to play golf. I am learning to play golf, which is a whole other story. (laughs) I've always said (laughs) my whole life, I've been like, listen, if I have four hours on a beautiful day, I'm not going to spend it on a golf course. And now I'm like, you know what? Golfing? could be kind of cool. And what's the difference? Only my thinking about it, right? (laughs) So I actually am learning how to play. And I've just decided that's always fun. And I don't keep score. And I just have a good time. And I promised myself that if I'm not having fun, then I'm doing it wrong. And I have to figure out a way to have fun. And that's what I've been doing. So we've been having a good time as a family, getting out there and doing that as well. Okay, so today we're going to talk about whether life at goal weight is really better than life being overweight. Because that's what we all really believe, right? We really do think that we're going to be happier at goal weight. I used to 100% think 
that I would definitely be happier once I was thinner. I would look at thinner women than me. And I truly believed in my core that they were happier. And even if they had other massive issues going on, I'm like, yeah, but they're not, they're not overweight. They don't struggle with their food. You know, like it's so funny how we just will kind of attach onto these ideas and then continually prove them true for ourselves, right? And so this is really something to think about. Like, are you happier at goal weight? Is life really better once you've gotten that weight off? And there's more to this question than just a yes or no answer. I think the next question to ask is, are you happier as an attending physician than you were Maybe when you decided to go to medical school and college or when you were a student or in your training. And I think we'd all agree that some things are better and some things are worse, which is just, you know, basically code for what I always teach you, which is that life is 50-50, right? 50% positive emotions and 50% negative. But here's the thing. Most of us physicians, right? We finish our training We expect to have this huge high, this huge relief, this huge surge of accomplishment, and sometimes it never comes. Or if it does come, it's fleeting. You're definitely proud of yourself. It's really a big thing. And then you're kind of like, well, what now? Right? Like, okay, (laughs) now it's the next thing. So it's finishing your training. It's finishing medical school. It's even getting into medical school, you think if I could just get in, I would be so, so, so happy. And then you are right for like a day or two, or maybe a little longer, but then you're like, oh my God, now I have to go to medical school. (laughs) Right. And you're right back where you started again. And here's the thing. If you're not very happy when you start your medical training, then what you tend to do is tell yourself that you'll be happier when you get through this hard time, right? It's that constant postponing of your happiness. Like, I just need to get through this crappy period and then I'll be happier. I just need to get through my intern year, then I'll be happier. Sometimes it's even like, I just need to get through this one month's rotation, then it's going to get better. Everything is always going to get better, right? And then you get there to that point and you feel fulfilled. You might be a little happier for a short time, but it's just so fleeting. And after when the fleetingness, you know, has, has resulted and that fulfillment is gone, we're back to feeling unhappy again, but worse, we're often unhappy plus without hope, which is really just worse than being just unhappy, right? If you're unhappy or unhappy, if you're unhappy without hope, now that unhappiness feels even worse, right? There's often like an emptiness that accompanies that a lot of people will describe that they accomplish something really, really big. And then it's just like, Wait, that's it? I thought it was going to be better than that. And I think that this definitely shows up in so many other areas of our lives and non-medical people's lives as well. I mean, a big one is having a baby, especially if infertility is involved. So you decide you want the baby, you're trying, it's not working, you have to go through all these treatments to have the baby. I mean, you just want a baby so badly. And in your mind, you're just envisioning how great it's going to be to be pregnant and to have a baby. Then you get pregnant and you're like super happy. But then, of course, us as doctors, for sure, right, our brain immediately goes to what could be going wrong (laughs) and worry and all of that stuff. Sometimes we feel sick, like feel super bad. We're like, oh, I know I really wanted this, but gosh, I feel really sorry for myself. And then for some of us, we have the baby and we're like, this is really hard. I mean, I know everyone said it's hard, but like, I mean it, this is really, actually, really legit hard. And now I've got to figure out how to to have a baby and live my life 
and work and do all the things that I do, right? So it's like, you're fulfilled. You're happy. You have the baby. Of course, you're so happy you have this child. But oh my gosh, there's so much more unhappiness that's been created because of having that baby. And, you know, it's so often that you hear about celebrities who struggle with substance abuse, mental health issues, you know, people who are so beloved, right? Like really celebrities who are so important in the lives of so many people and they've done all these amazing things, but they were unhappy when they started. And so they achieve these accomplishments. They have the number one movie or, you know, hit record or whatever it is. And then it's fleeting. Then next week, someone else has the number one record or the box office topping, you know, movie. And now what? Now they're back to where they were. They're back to their unhappiness again. There's actually been some research on professors. And they took professors who were granted tenure and professors who were not granted tenure. And it turns out that five years later, they're of equal happiness. Even though when they were aiming for getting tenure, working toward tenure, they really, really thought that they would be happier if they just got tenure. I mean, this is considered to be something so amazing, such an amazing achievement, but they're really not happier. So overall, this kind of situation has been coined the arrival fallacy. Tal Ben-Shahar is the positive psychologist who's credited with this term. And he describes it as this illusion that once we make it, Once we attain our goal or reach our destination, we'll reach lasting happiness. Those are his words. So this illusion that once we make it, once we attain our goal or reach our destination, we will reach lasting happiness. And this plays out in so many areas, right? We think that when we finally get to attending life, we'll reach that lasting happiness. And when we don't, then we think it's because we don't have the marriage yet, or we don't have the baby or the family or the house or the car or the debt paid off. And then that doesn't do it either. And then we just have to lose the weight. But then goal weight doesn't create long-lasting fulfillment either, right? (laughs) It's just this perpetual treadmill that we get on thinking like, oh, it's just this other thing that I'm lacking. Once I handle that, then I can finally feel the way I think that I should feel. Overall, this is antithetical to the American dream though, right? Because the American dream mindset is if you work hard and achieve success, then you'll be happy. And That's the whole reason why, you know, some of our parents really pushed us to succeed and put us into activities and paid for lessons and all kinds of things that they did for us in order for us to succeed. Or some of us, we didn't have that. We didn't have that support on the outside, but we pushed ourselves from within, right? It's this internal drive. And we did all of that because we thought it would make us happy, right? Our parents want us to be happy. We want to be happy. But then as an adult, (laughs) when you've accomplished so much, right, you're now, you're a doctor, you clearly have succeeded. Like, why are you happy? And at that point, it's really easy to believe that something is wrong with you or that you're broken. Like something legit is going wrong here. Like, why can't I ever be satisfied? And what happens is when we envision what life will be like when we achieve the big goal that we've set, what we do is we overestimate the joy and the other positive emotions that we'll experience. So we'll kind of dream about what it'll be like to be thin, or we'll dream about what it'll be like to 
be that attending or achieve whatever goal it is that we want. Or we think like, oh my gosh, the debt's going to be paid off. And we really think that there's going to be just this massive, immense amount of joy and other positive emotions that will just last and last and last. This is actually called affective forecasting, which means that it's our ability to predict how certain events will feel. So you might remember what I've taught you before is that the only reason you want anything in your life is because of how you think it will make you feel, right? So of course you're going to want to get to goal weight when your brain has envisioned this utopian existence (laughs) of what it's going to be like to be someone who's in size four genes or something like that, right? So research shows that we're pretty good at knowing what will make us happy and unhappy, like that distinction. But overall, we're pretty terrible at estimating the duration and the intensity of the effect, whether it's happiness or unhappiness, positive emotions or negative emotions. And this is what I think is so fascinating, right? We think that the good emotions are going to last way longer than they actually do. They don't last as long as we expect them to. But we do expect for the negative emotions, the unhappiness to last for a really long time, or we're so afraid that it might last for a really long time So what we do is we buffer away those negative emotion experiences because we were like, ew, I don't want that for a long time. I want that to go away right away. And so that's where overeating and for some over drinking comes in as well. So interesting, right? So we really are pretty terrible at estimating how long and how intense the emotions are going to be, whether it's positive or negative. We also tend to do something called focalism, which means that we tend to fixate on the upside like only on the good that will come. So I think that happens for a lot of us as we become attendings, right? You start, you always have this idea, it's going to be so great and I won't have to answer to anybody else and I won't have to do it their way and I'm going to be able to do it the way I want to and I'm not going to have to have in-house call and I won't have to answer all the pages all the time because I'll have someone else on first call or whatever it is, right? You just think it's going to be so great. And then you become an attending, And those things are great, but now you realize you're actually the one in charge and the buck stops with you, right? There's a lot of responsibility that comes with that job. I mean, I remember, this seems so trivial, but I remember learning how to get cerumen out of kids' ears. There's lots of different ways that we can do it, but mostly using a little curette to pull it out. And this is generally on little infants and toddlers who are not holding still. So they have to be held down very, very tightly. So you can do it safely, number one. And number two, see what you're doing, you know, actually get that stuff out. Of course, the kids are not on board, not loving it almost all the time. And so as a resident, I would do my best, but I knew I had my attending there. If I couldn't get the wax out, like then I just had them do it. No big deal. And I remember being in practice those first couple of months and just thinking like, well, it's just me. Now, could I have asked one of my partners to help me? Of course I could have. But I was like, no, like you have to figure out how to do this. It's your job now. And then, of course, my skill level just skyrocketed because the buck stopped with me. and I had to figure it out. Right. But we don't think about that. We're like, no, it's going to be amazing. Everything's going to be great. And we think the same way with weight loss. We're finally going to get to wear that size four. But here's the part we don't think about. Staying in that size four means that you have to actually feel your emotions instead of eating to neutralize them or drinking to neutralize them. Right? That's the buy-in. <laughs> and we're like, oh, crap. I don't know. That doesn't sound so great. <laughs> Especially we think that when we don't know how to feel our emotions. 
now that idea of feeling all my emotions sounds amazing to me, even though it means some pain because it means so much freedom from all the pain that was created around my food issues that I had. So here's what's something that's interesting to think about. It's kind of crazy. So research shows that having goals makes us happier, but achieving those goals doesn't. (laughs) So let me repeat that. Having goals makes us happier, but achieving those goals doesn't. And so, of course, the question is, why is that? And the answer is because of our thoughts, always, right? When we are excited about achieving something, when we have a goal that we are working hard towards, and we are thinking about how it's going to be when we get there, we think different thoughts than we do once we've achieved it. And often once we get there and we've achieved it, we're like, yeah, that was great. And we celebrate for a short time and we feel that sense of success and fulfillment. And then we're goalless, you know, lacking goals. And we need those goals to give us something else to think excited thoughts about. (laughs) So it's so important to have those goals, right? That's why we wanted nothing more in life than to be a doctor. (laughs) And then a few years into attending life, and we totally downplay being a doctor. We don't think it's that big of a deal anymore. Told you guys before, my coach Brooke will say, listen, if I was a doctor, I would just walk around all day long and tell everybody, listen, I'm a doctor. I'm like, you really wouldn't though. (laughs) None of us do that, right? Because once we've achieved the goal, it just isn't as big of a deal to us anymore. It's the goal that brings us all that happiness and pride and all the good emotions that come from that. So what I know for sure does create positive emotion and fulfillment in life though, is growth and contribution. And growth includes setting goals as well as challenging ourselves, learning new things, working hard to figure something out, and developing new skills. I mean, the list goes on and on. All the different ways you can grow yourself. Now, growth in and of itself can be uncomfortable. It can be very uncomfortable at times. But when you are continually growing, overall, you are always setting goals, and you're going to experience more positive emotion because of that. So this is why it's so worth it to lose the weight. People will say like, what's the point? I mean, do I really even need to lose this? And my answer is no, you don't have to lose it at all. But it is a really great opportunity to grow yourself as a human being. You know, taking away the long-term health issues and all of that, let's just assume that that's not an issue at all. It's such a fabulous opportunity for you to grow as a human being. And I cannot even express to you enough how my clients who have completed all this work or continue to do all of this work, how much they just sing the praises of how great they feel because of all this work that they're doing that most of the time they never thought they could work through or they never thought there was a solution. The freedom that they feel, how much their lives have improved, that's that overall lasting and long lasting fulfillment, right? That's what we're really wanting. So challenging yourself because it's something that, you want to do for growth is a great reason to lose weight, but not thinking, okay, well, when I get there, then life is definitely going to be better. Then I can finally love myself. Then I can finally have a positive opinion of myself. Then I can finally feel comfortable with intimacy with my spouse. Like none of that has anything to do with it. All of that is your brain. And that is what we work on in my coaching program. So the other part is contribution and in contribution, that's meaningful relationships, 
mentoring opportunities, possibly philanthropy or giving in another way. But when you think about contribution, like how do you contribute? It could just be with relationships, maybe with your children or your nieces and nephews or friends' children. It could be in meaningful relationships that you have with friends or a spouse or siblings or other family members. And I think a wonderful way that you can take advantage of an opportunity to contribute is by taking on a medical student or a resident or a fellow to work with you. You know, all of us had that opportunity, right? Like I always think of that when I'm in the hospital and they ask if a resident or student can come in. Most of the time I say yes, because listen, like someone allowed me to learn from them, right? Like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, you can come in. I understand you have to learn. It's part of this process. So maybe not from the patient standpoint, but from the teaching attending standpoint, that's a wonderful opportunity to contribute in whatever way you can make it work for yourself. And other people have different philanthropic organizations or charities or other foundations that they like to support or give back in another way. And all of those things create long lasting positive emotion. They create that fulfillment that you want. So to sum up the answer, is life better at goal weight? It's 50-50, always. Life's always going to be 50-50. So the reason to lose the weight is because of the growth that can come from that and possibly even contribution. Had many, many clients who've lost weight, made incredible changes and difference in their lives. They're now helping their patients lose weight. They're helping friends and family lose weight. They are really contributing in another way. And that's available to you as well. I can't wait to see you next week. It's going to be awesome. Talk to you very, very soon. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Did you know that you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to katrinaubellmd.com and click on free resources.